So welcome to another episode of Prescription for Life. My name is Linda Golick. I'm the health and well-being consultant at Bell and & Health. And today I am so honored to be joined by Dr. Brad Burmeister. Dr. Brad, how you doing? Great. Thanks so much for having me here today. Absolutely. So uh, for those of you that do not know Dr. Burmeister, Dr. Burmeister is more notoriously known for a lot of his media appearances. Uh, he really is one of our big COVID-19 experts that does a lot of work with the media. But I thought it would be fun to bring uh, Dr. B on today and learn a little bit more about him. So in alignment with our Lifesaver Wellbeing topic, uh, for the month of June, we're talking about mixing it up to reduce stress. So we're going to learn a little bit more about stress today from Dr. Burmeister. But Dr. B, if you can just start out by, you know, telling us a little bit about yourself. Like how, how did you get to Bellin? How did you end up being an ER doctor here at Bellin? Well, you know, it's a great story. I you know, always like to tell people that I was actually born at Bellin, so I didn't really make it far is, you know, my punchline that I commonly tell people. I was born right upstairs from where <laughs> I work today. Um, you know, growing up in high school, I was involved with um, Bellin in the sports medicine program, and I was actually a Knight of Champion recipient in 2006, so I had a scholarship from Bellin uh, heading into college. Um, but, you know, I'm a fairly local kid. I grew up in Seymour, and, um, you know, I was always excited to come back after all of my education and, you know, sort of to serve the community and be with the people I grew up with. So what was it about medicine that was attracted mm -hmm. to you? Like, why did you decide to go into that field? Yeah. So I always knew that I really liked science. You know, somehow science was the class that always had the most interest for me. Um, but I also liked the, um, the applic application of science, you know, make things better for people and, you know, alleviate suffering if you can. Uh, and when I was in high school, I was an EMT with Seymour Rescue. Uh, I actually volunteered uh, at another health system in town in the emergency department when I was in high school as well. Okay. And I just thought that was always sort of a neat, um, uh, you know, adventure to go on with patients to, you know, have them come into the emergency department with a complaint and see how you can evaluate that complaint and hopefully um, help them feel better on their way out. Nice, nice. So I thought it would be really interesting to have you talk on the topic of stress because I'm really interested to know, I think about, I mean, you're an emergency room physician. You're in the emergency department. And so the stuff that you're dealing with and the things that you're seeing obviously are pretty stressful. So I was curious to know, what are your mechanisms? How have you historically dealt, dealt with the stress of all of that? Yeah. You know, it's a great question. We sort of place ourselves in an environment where we have um, commonly referred to as acute unscheduled care. So, you know, we deal with sort of the ebbs and flows and different volumes of people seeking care uh, throughout the day. And sometimes you, it's extraordinarily busy and trying to uh, work through all those patients and still have them uh, have a great experience and a good encounter uh, with you, you know, is obviously the goal. Um, but I think, you know, um, we talk about reframing, you know, thinking about um, what are things you control, can control and what are things you can't control. And, you know, if there is a certain circumstance where you can't control a lot of things, I think it's helpful to sort of recognize you're in that scenario. And, you know, what's the saying, like um, make uh, lemon into lemonade? Mm -hmm. You know, you want to mm -hmm. make um, even a bad situation, you know, as good as it can be and recognize that you have the opportunity to turn um, you know, something bad potentially into something good. And if you can't, you know, just notice that that's um, not something that you should really dwell on because there's nothing you can do about it. Uh, and it's just sort of like a sunk, you know, uh, a sunk cost at that point of, uh, of the work that we do. 
So one of the things I often think about with um, for yourself and other healthcare providers, I think about what do they do for self-care? Because in particular for you, you know, you work night shifts and day shifts and all these different things. So what do you do to take care of you? Yeah, great question. Um, I have a personal trainer at the gym, which I know is sometimes a little bit out there from expense-wise for most people, but that's something I found to be uh, really, really helpful. And even if you can do like once a day, one day a week or once every other week, I think that really helps uh, me personally, you know, stay on a schedule and uh, yeah. sort of um, have uh, responsibility to someone else to show up to uh, that appointment and, um, you know, try to keep myself uh, as fit as I can be. You know, I think the other thing um, that a lot of people in emergency medicine talk about is that uh, your sleep time is work time. So, you know, for mm -hmm. family, friends, significant others, when you're working those days, those nights, those weekends with that sleep schedule that is always changing, sleep is very, very important. And people should consider, you know, the people around you should consider uh, your sleep and the need that you need to sleep uh, the same as essentially as going to work because that's an um, important thing to sort of have a good uh, sleep hygiene schedule um, given the requirements of the job. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that because I think that's so important. And often in the wellness world, people put sleep as that last priority. So I love that you're, you know, speaking to that and how important that is. Uh, so that's really helpful. So one of the things we've also talked about is, of course, with the onset of COVID and the pandemic and all that craziness, and of course, you were right in the thick of that as, as one of our physicians. Did your stress coping mechanism change? Were there different things that you did because of COVID? Has it altered at all? Have you, have you changed anything or has it been kind of the same? Yeah, I think like a lot of people, um, you know, especially with gyms in our community closing, um, sort of latched on to that home gym concept where mm -hmm. it took months to get some gym equipment. I remember ordering some dumbbells and they're <laughs> like, this is going to be six months. <laughs> and the thought then was COVID would be gone in six months. So, mm -hmm. you know, is it worth it or not? Um, but, you know, I think, you know, that was something that really helped me. And uh, mm -hmm. I, uh, my personal trainer made a um, home exercise schedule for me. So I felt a little bit better knowing that he had some employment uh, writing home programs for me sure. uh, rather than just being completely off. But I don't actually don't know. I haven't asked him if that helped or not. Um, but I think that was really helpful. And I think, you know, um, sometimes I think people who worked in like emergency departments or in healthcare uh, were actually sort of lucky because we had the opportunity to go to work and have like a work family and friends mm -hmm. that you saw every day. And you had the ability to see other people and interact with other people, you know, who aren't your immediate family. And I think um, I remember being like, I'm so glad I get to go to work versus people who work virtually from home and maybe like yeah, haven't true. seen other people there. Mm -hmm. They normally do for like weeks or months at a time. Uh, so I think, you know, we were sort of lucky from that perspective. You know, I think, um, you know, again, with the volume of people that present to the emergency department, um, actually, people would probably be surprised to know that uh, initially volumes decreased really significantly, like the the rate of people experiencing emergencies, like somehow dropped 30 to 40 percent mm -hmm. um, for, you know, a couple of months, really. Uh, so we actually had a little bit of a lighter schedule um, because we were able to cut back hours because people just weren't seeking uh, emergency health care as much as they otherwise uh uh, you know, even currently do. Um, and then, you know, I think when it got a little bit more busy, it was not, um, it wasn't extraordinarily stressful because care for COVID from the emergency perspective is fairly uh, routine. You know, we talk about the ABCs anytime, you know, if you've taken CPR before, airway, breathing, mm -hmm. circulation, mm -hmm. uh, all we have to do is, you know, get your oxygen level better. And we have a variety of ways to do that. 
And from an emergency department perspective, if you're requiring oxygen, you're likely to be admitted to the hospital. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty easy routine care um, from our perspective. Um, but, you know, just sort of trying to keep everyone safe in that em- environment and not exposing staff or other patients uh, needlessly, um, I think was probably a little bit more of the, the, the challenging thing for us. Sure, sure. So I often um, tell people, you know, in the well-being world, you know, when we're talking about stress management, I think the key for people to remember is there's always going to be stress. You know, there's mm-hmm. never going to be a time in our lives where, oh, stress is just gone. I don't have any anymore. I mean, we, right. we have to be realistic that there's always going to be stressors on us. So do you have conversations with your patients about stress management? And if you do, um, are, is there anything in particular that you tell them? Is there anything you want to share with our audience as far as like some recommendations that you would have as far as here are some things that you can do to, to manage your stress. And I love that you had the exercise in there because certainly I, I want to put in a plug for our Bell and Fitness Centers. You know, even if you aren't in, in the situation where you want to work with a, a personal trainer, we definitely have options for you. So, so please reach out to us on that. But what would you say for stress management for folks? You know, it's a great question. You can certainly tell that, you know, stress and in the environment which our patients live plays a significant role in their well-being, you know, even uh, when they're seeking emergency care. Um, you know, if it's a recent holiday, we notice an increase in people seeking care, maybe because of interpersonal uh, mm-hmm. issues with family members that aren't necessarily physical, but just like their emotional health, uh, you know, essentially makes them feel unwell enough that they end up seeking emergency care. And, you know, I, I think I don't really have like a routine thing I tell patients uh, individually, but, um, you know, sort of every circumstance is a little bit unique and sometimes, you know, give small tidbit of recommendations like go home, take it easy, try to take a nap is a common thing I tell people. Oh, sure. Or I'll tell people, you know, why don't you just like try to go in for a walk? Like particularly people who experience back pain, a lot of people want to just like sit in a chair all day and I tell them, you know, go to Walmart, grab a shopping cart and just make a couple laps if you can. And a lot of people will say they feel better, you know, and loosen up a little bit, you know, just doing an activity like that and it gets them out. And, um, you know, as an emergency room doctor, I don't get to see them and follow up to know if it actually helps, but I know I've had back issues in the past and sometimes just doing some activity, walking around, seems to lighten you up quite nicely. Uh, so I like to pass that advice on to patients. Yeah, definitely. And, and moving just helps us with so many things. I mean, it just gives us those endorphins. It, it, it helps with that, that mental health aspect of things. So, yeah, it, it never hurts to take a walk. Yeah, absolutely. You know, sometimes, especially with it being almost summer now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this new environment we get uh, after what it felt like a whole year of winter this year. Right. <laughs> It's really nice to have some sunshine uh, again and, you know, see some wildlife and see some uh, trees and flowers and whatnot yeah. uh, again, because, you know, in a couple of days from now, it'll probably be fall. Right, right. <laughs> and the days are longer. We have more daylight. Like, take advantage. Get out there. Get out there. So, well, Dr. Burmeister, so great to have you on the podcast today. I know people really appreciate learning about you. Uh, just one thing that I wanted to mention about Dr. Burmeister, and, and you can comment on this if you want, and you don't have to, but one thing I really appreciate about Dr. Burmeister is he sends out this really notorious uh, Christmas card every year, and I think that this is a major component of stress management because when I get it, I just laugh. Yeah. So do you want to share with everybody yeah. what you do for your Christmas card? 
Well, um, I've always liked Christmas cards. You know, I feel like it's a good opportunity to, uh, you know, show, throw an olive branch to people you haven't uh, talked to in a long time. Uh, I actually like to send it to our um, legislators, mostly because <laughs> I think that's really funny. That's you know, personally, great. I sent one to, you know, the last several presidents we've had. Some nice. of them have sent a card back. Some have not. Uh, and then... Um, but I have a cat. His name is Meow. Um, I got him from the Humane Society in Milwaukee when I was a resident. Aww. Uh, and his name initially um, was Fillmore when I picked him up. Mm. And I didn't think Fillmore was acceptable. I apologize to anyone listening who might be named <laughs> Fillmore. Um, but uh, so I asked him, I said, what do you want to be called? And he meowed at me. So I named him Meow. And he meows a lot. <laughs> but, you know, I thought, you know, through the years you see a lot of Christmas cards. Like, you know, some of them are, like, cool. Some of them are just like, oh, that's nice. Thanks for the Christmas card. Mm-hmm. I was like, I need to have, like, the best Christmas card ever. So, um, you know, I use a local photographer, and we do a, um, a card every year. We have some ideas for this year, actually, already that oh, we wow. came up with last right. year. Uh, we take about 200 photos to get maybe two or three because <laughs> – my cat doesn't listen, um, <laughs> but it's a good time. And, you know, I hope it gives people um, a laugh and, you know, you hear a lot of people about it and, you know, my cat enjoys the attention as well. It's, <laughs> it's just so great because if you can imagine, I, I can give you this visual. So if you can imagine a cat dressed up like a Christmas tree um, sitting with Dr. Burmeister, who's dressed up as Santa Claus, I mean, it's just <laughs> the most adorable thing. So I appreciate that. I, I bet a lot of people appreciate the joy that 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 brings during the holiday season so that's a great stress management tool as well so thank you for that uh any parting words for our audience today anything else you want to tell them about stress anything else that you feel like they should know um you know i deal with stress a lot again as an emergency physician and you know i think like the biggest thing i remember when you know like you can tell that your the stress is catching up on you is i try to just think to myself you know what in my life is good stress I think people call that eustress mm-hmm. and what is bad stress or distress. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you try to work on the things that are causing you distress and, you know, either try to eliminate those from your life if there's something you can or try to make those things better. Um, and then I always try to think about uh, what can I control and what can I not control. And if I can't control something, I try really hard not to dwell on it and just try to make the best circumstances uh, we possibly can. Like right after this, I'm heading into a shift, and I understand the emergency department is extraordinarily busy right now. And there's only so much I can do. So I try to, you know, just put a smile on as long as I can during that shift, get people moving uh, through the department and get, you know, their care um, needs that they may have. And, you know, I can't sit there and just be distressed by that situation. I need to do what I can to make the situation better for everyone. Great words of wisdom. Really <laughs> focus focus on what you can change and what you can't change. We have to let go. So those Absolutely. are wonderful words of advice today, Dr. Burmeister. So thanks so much for being with us. So fun to have you on. And uh, for those of you listening, please like, share, and, and comment on this podcast. Please share it with those that you think might be interested in it. And uh, have a great day, everyone.